This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. You may be seated. Today I'm going to try to give you a message that I feel so humbled by, and I'm trying to convey it. It's so hard to sometimes share, and I think about my grandkids, and I was with them a bunch yesterday, and how do you pass on what's so in your heart? It's hard enough to do with your marriage. It's hard enough to do with my staff, and how do you convey what's so pure and perfect inside when everything you bring outside isn't? And it gets mixed up with your personality, gets mixed up with your experiences. And so I pray that God could just, with your ears and my mouth, that something wonderful could happen this morning, amen? So we're going to talk about Jesus, and he's king. And we, we, uh, we have these phrases, we have these, uh, these um, catches and, and these Christmas moments, king of kings. Well, Jesus was already a king. And many of us don't get that. And sometimes we have a hard time understanding what that is because we think so one-dimensional. We think so earthly. And and Jesus was always trying to help us stop being so earthly-minded. He was trying to get us to understand that there's a heavenly picture to everything that's going on from the very beginning. And so we're going to try to go through the Bible and, and uh, I'm going to, I hope, you know, put your seatbelts on, but try to make s- some God sense where there's been so much tradition that has lost what God has done. And hopefully we can, you know, the Bible says that the traditions of man make God's word to no effect. I pray that some, in some way today that we could just, you know, see God's spirit make this message very alive and that when we get around our our trees and we get around our time and that we could tell it to our kids and we could tell it to our our grandkids first of all jesus was already a king and i'm going to prove that to you in the word of god and so you know when so when he was born here to become a king well then what was he born to be king of what was he here to be born king of and we're going to get to that in just a few more moments, but that's what Jesus had to surrender to. And by the way, the most important thing God's always wanted to be king of is your heart. And I know and I'm learning that in my own life that the, Jesus being the king of my heart is a journey. It's not an event. It's not a moment. You know, when I was 23 years old, I gave my life to Jesus Christ after a boat crash. That was the start of a journey I've given in my heart. But my whole life has been a, a journey of giving more and more over to the Lord and that he might be king of. And so that God can be king of kings in my own personal life. He can be kings and king of kings in my work environment, king of kings in my marriage. He can be king of kings in wherever aspect. But that's the whole point is that God wants to be the king personally in your own life. We're going to make sure that we take time to uh, help you if you've never done that. Or further, if you have already done that, 
You would maybe take that journey to another step. What does that mean? And, and I have already, in our prayer time, I've, I've watched this year, and so many of you have, you know, this has been such a hard year. Can I tell you some things that have happened? We have a sister in our, in our midst right now that's been completely healed of cancer. Jesus, and just completely, you know, we've got, we've, we've seen marriages come and be reconciled. We have watched lives, and then there's other situations where we are broken, and we know that, that, in, that our, our, a father and a grandfather is, and a friend and a brother is no longer, and my own, you know, my own brother-in-law is no longer in, in my presence of earth, but he's in the presence of heaven, and that, you know what, I still know that one day when I get up there and meet Kurt, that I know that I'm gonna have this, you know, that he's gonna be able to take me through a path and show me so many things that are beyond my imagination. Because see, I don't just live in this world. I am, my, my citizenship is in heaven and he's gonna be able to show me that path. Amen? And so we, have, we of all the people have so much hope. I, Christians should never, ever say, we are those without hope. We are all about hope. Amen? No matter what happens, no matter if I get sick and pass on, I have with all fullness of hope that I'm going to go meet my king of kings that I've been surrendering to every single day of my life, my heart I've been surrendering to, but I get to meet him presently and physically. So 2,000 plus years ago, in Matthew 2, it records that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his stars that rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for all the people of Israel. So here's this baby. And again, really hard for us to picture a baby as a king. But see, this gives us an idea that God calls us things that be not as though they are. And see, our perspective is, is I'll believe it when I see it. God's perspective, you'll see it because I said it. You, you catching the difference? God's kingdom is, you'll see it because I said it. And that's why God's word are promises. So if the promise is alive, then you're going to see it eventually. But the world, what we do is, we'll believe it when I see it. So God's ways are so much different. So God sees a king, and he's asking for you, so you're supposed to be seeing a king. So we look to Jesus, who's born a king, but we're going to get to what is he king of, because he's already king. He was already God. In fact, in number two, in my notes, I made it this way. It says, Jesus is already God. He's already king. So What's the deal? Why, why the big deal of being coming on this earth as king of kings? In John 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word already. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. So Jesus was a part of everything that was created. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave him life to everything and was created in his life through and brought life to everyone. And in Genesis 1.26, so here we have this picture 
of Jesus was in the beginning with God and part of this creation. And in Genesis 1.26 says this, then God said, let us, who's us? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So if Jesus is a king, God is obviously the king, king, so he is, so if we're made in his image, what are we supposed to be? If we're in the image of God and he is a king, we're supposed to be, can you say it with me? We're supposed to be kings. We were talking about God says in Revelation chapter one, it says we're kings and priests in a different order. So from the very beginning, God made us kings so that he could be the king of, you guys catching this? He made us king so he could, we could be the king of kings. And so what happened is, is Adam and Eve didn't live like a king. They allowed a different king, a serpent, to come in their pathway, and they surrendered and submitted to his will and to his deception. So from the very beginning, God made us to be kings. We were supposed to rule and reign, surrender that rule and reign, just like Jesus. What does he do? Jesus surrenders his rule and his reign to who? God the Father. Every single day that Jesus lived on the planet Earth, he surrendered his kingdom power, his rule and reign to God the Father. What are we supposed to be doing? Every single day we should be surrendering that ruling power of who God is in our life to God the Father. So now we have Jesus, who we've just said, let us make man in our own image. Then man, what, what does man do? Man commits treason, which means all treason really is, is he surrenders his will to a different power, to a different kingdom. That's treason. And so through that treason, there was a new power that came into this world, of this world. Now, let me help you with it. Number three, see, if we're talking about Jesus, because in heaven, Jesus is already king. He doesn't have to be born a king. He already rules as a king. So it isn't Jesus going to heaven to be the king of kings. He already is the king of kings in heaven. He's already got a throne. He's already ruling in heaven. He's already part of the us in the creation. So where does Jesus have to be king of kings? On earth. Why? Because there are kings supposed to be living on earth. Who are those kings? Thank you, Richard. How about the rest of you? Who are those kings? Us. We're the ones living on planet Earth, supposed to be surrendering our position. Now you understand how important it is. See, because if we're kings living on planet Earth, surrendering our will and our, you know, our destiny, our, our, our lives into God the Father, and then all of a sudden you see the first born, the first actually Adam and Eve creation, they surrendered their will to a new king. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says there's the God of this world, the little g, not talking about God, Yahweh, not talking about Jehovah God, not talking about the creative God. The small g means Satan, Lucifer, because through deception that Adam and Eve surrendered themselves to his deception, now Satan begins to be the God of this world. And so that means that all mankind, born in sin, born to a new rulership, born to be committed to do the things that are literally atrocities and treasonous to God, what happens is, is that no man can ever get to heaven again. 
No man was ever destined to heaven again because of the treasonous work of Adam and Eve. So Jesus says, I want, he's the king of kings. He wants to be the king of kings of who? Who does he want to be king of kings? Again, we only got to, maybe if I go over this way and ask the question. He wants to be the king of kings of who? Us. You guys are to be supposed to be the kings and the priest that God has called you to be. So Jesus came down here as a king to set in a new order. And what is that new order? To show us what surrender looks like. He came here and surrendered everything. I mean, I was literally thinking about this this week. I'm thinking Jesus himself, he's sitting on a throne and having a conversation with daddy. You know, some 2,000 years ago, he goes, it's time? Because the Bible says until the fullness of time. Only God knew that time. Jesus said that very clearly. He says, only God the Father knows. Here's Jesus trusting his daddy. Is it time, daddy? Yes, it's time, son. He says, okay. He surrenders everything, his whole being. He surrenders the position of, the, you know, of creation itself and says, I'm going to go down to this earth so I can show and I can again establish a kingdom again so that you could be the kings and priests that God's called you to be, so that you could surrender to his kingdom and so that you would have a place in heaven once again. Number four. It says that God the Father and Jesus put man in charge of creation. We already kind of hit this. And what does that really mean? In Romans 3, and I don't know, maybe you've heard this before. In Romans, called the, uh, it's the Romans Road. Um, and it's the pathway to understanding who Jesus and what Jesus did for our lives. I'm going to just give one passage of that. Number, Romans chapter 3. For everyone has sinned. I have sinned. You have sinned. What is sin? It's saying, I, I want to do it my way. Well, what is Surrender. I'm going to do it God's way. That's what we were created to do is to, to do it the Lord's way. We were made in God's image to do it the, the destiny and the way that God had fabricated it. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ. When he freed us from the penalty of our sins, for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness or his right path, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight. And when they, when they believe in Jesus, when they believe, it means you surrender. Like I, I am never, I can't be good enough. I can't be smart enough. I can't talk right enough. There's nothing I can do in my own works that will ever enter, help me enter into the gates of heaven. The only way is if I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And Jesus, the, what happened is that Jesus surrendered his life into the Father's hands. Isn't that what happened at the cross? Into thy hands I commit. Number five, Jesus came so he could become the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's a passage, and I, I want you to take some time in this week, if you could, and, and try to study it. It's, it's pretty... Um, it, it's kind of uh, graphic, it's kind of, um, and it's also uh, 
it gives a future, it gives a past and it gives a future picture. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It gives the whole reason for the resurrection. Well, the whole reason for the resurrection would have happened if there wasn't a birth for that resurrection. And so Jesus' life, though it was very short, I mean, we think we want to live here, and most of us just want to live a full life of 80, 90 years um, here, and Jesus lived here 33 years. And that we would consider that, well, that's not a very long time to be here. Well, it's because he wasn't coming here to live the life that almost all of us really want to live out. He was coming here so that you could live a life in heaven. He was coming here so that you could have eternity as a picture. And without that, you never would have. And so I'm going to read this passage to you, and I'm going to try to explain it as best I can. And I'm going to start with verse 21. And this is, I've already referenced that, you know, this, this good news. In the first few verses, it talks about the, why Jesus came. And so I'm going to kind of pick up toward the end of it. So you see, Jesus, just as death came into the world through a man... Adam. Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there's an order to this resurrection. Okay, there's an order, which means no one could get there before Jesus. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ, that means Abraham who was born, or Moses, or all of them that were way before Jesus, couldn't get to heaven. They were, you know what, you ladies understand this, layaway. They were all put and called Abraham's bosom. There's no, nobody could get to heaven before Jesus or after Jesus without Christ. There's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to him will be raised, and he comes back. And I want to get to the point of why Jesus was here. The whole point of his birth is about what I'm about to share right now. And, And so it's found in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24. After the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God. The Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and a power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then... When all things are under his authority, the Son, Jesus, will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. So, are you guys capturing all this subjection? That here's what it is, is that Jesus has come on planet Earth and realized that it's a hot mess. And why is it a mess? Because we have subjugated this world, creation, into so much wrong rulership. To, and when I say that means that fear rules the world. Sickness rules the world. Bitterness rule the world. Hate 
rules the world. Different continents, money rules the world. Governments rule the world. And all of that was never supposed to be because everything was supposed to be surrendered to God. Every ruler, every husband, every wife, every child, every school system, every judicial system, every medical system, every single thing should have be subjugated to Jesus himself who then subjugates it to God the Father. And, and so when we look at life today, I mean, all of the media and everything that's being talked about and everything that's being worried about, how much is Jesus being lifted up in this, in this time? Zero or very little. And so that's one of the reasons that we are trying so much to stay current, to, to let you under, realize that we as a church are subject underneath Jesus' authority. That's the whole point. It isn't about what man wants. It isn't about what I want. It's always been about what he wants. And so when we surrender, we're not going to surrender to fear. We're not going to surrender to sickness. We're not going to surrender to anxiety. We're not going to surrender to maliciousness. We're not going to surrender to hate. We're not going to surrender to anything. If anything, we're going to surrender to is Jesus himself. And we're going to try to do that the best that we know how to do. Amen? And that's what the Bible says. That when everything is, the Bible says, to, about, this is what it says about Jesus. When everything, everything that has a name. I don't care if it's person, places, or things. And by the way, that's persons, places, and things all have names. You know what God usually wants to do? You know what he wanted to do in life? He wanted to anoint person, places, and things. Every, God wanted his presence on things. God wanted his presence on people. God wanted, you know what? And he wanted it on, on and places. God wanted his anointing so that when you'd go look at a government, go, well, there's God over there, and by the way, that will happen again. Then we'll be on people, there's God over there. There's God on their marriage, there's God on that kingdom, there's God on that, there's God. That's what God wanted to be, and you know what? When there will be a new order again that God will set up and bring down his rule and reign, but until that time, we the church we, the church, are his kingdom workers on the planet Earth, and we're not here to make people subjugate. We're here to surrender our lives as Jesus did. God didn't care to come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Well, how did he do that? Through his personhood, who God is on the inside, through his surrender. Jesus did one thing. Why? When they said, well, take yourself off the cross and we'll believe Jesus. My life is surrendered to God himself, and right now he wants this cross. And so that when we sit there and complain about our jobs, God's going, I gave you that job. Surrender yourself and I'll do something great in that job. God gave you that marriage and I'll do something great inside that marriage. God gave you that child and I'll do something great inside that child. But what happens is that in our system, our fallen system, we begin to complain, we begin to get frustrated, we get filled with the world and we want something different. We want our own way. Instead of saying, God, not my way. Isn't that what Jesus taught us to pray? Not my way but your will be done. This is a daily and hourly battle. Then Christ is king of kings. And what will happen, and this is what I love, is this, the Bible says that Jesus saw Satan fall out of heaven. Satan can't live in heaven, has no existence in heaven. 
He, Jesus and God, they're king in heaven. But you know where God wants Satan to flee today? From the earth, from your authority that he gave you, from your own hearts that are surrendered to God. I think that if God were to look at it and say, look out on planet earth today and look at the church today and say, Satan can't, Satan has no access in that place, in that place, in that place. And I'm talking about people, places, and things. I think it's time to go to home and say, God, this is your car. This is your home. God, this is your marriage. God, this is your child. This is God. This is your, your vessel. That's the message of the birth of Christ. Jesus came and said, I'll come in the most humbling, the most awkward place to show mankind the pathway of righteousness. And the pathway of righteousness is to the king of kings, is to allow, and it all starts with your heart. One day, not today, at least I don't know if it's today, all right? But not of this moment. But one day, all creation will be made to subject itself to the judgment seat of Christ. But today, you can do it to your own place in your own heart. Right now, you can give your own heart. And that's why we've been working so diligently today. And if I could get the team to come up here right now, that'd be great. But the whole point of what we've been trying to help, and the team has done such a great job with it, is the worship of our king. I've had the best Christmas of my entire life already. It hasn't even been Christmas. But I've watched what God is presently doing, and even in my own personal family. And you say, well, Pastor Ron, what do you, you know, attribute that to? I can only say this. Surrender. I have tried with everything in me to all the knowledge that I have to bring about right, just right living, but to know, or I would say to little avail, and I'm missing the whole point in even this message today. God can't multiply in your life unless you surrender your life. And he wants to be the king of your day, of your relationships, of your life, but it will not happen and surrender doesn't happen only once in a lifetime. Maybe you've accepted Christ 20, 30 years ago, maybe even two or three months ago. Surrender is every single day of your life. If he is going to be the king of kings, every 24 hours gives you an opportunity for him to be your king. Every single day. You don't need a worship team as wonderful as this team is. <laughs> and I thank you. I could wish you guys lived in my living room. As wonderful as this team is, I can do that in my own heart. You can do that in your own heart. I'm gonna pray. I want you to stand up. And we're gonna sing a song and some worship.
Father, I'm so grateful. Lord, even about the, the moment, we're going to have a, a, a video and, and um, it helps us captivate imagery of who you are. The team and the, the presence of who you are in their life. It's going to come through instrument. It's going to come through vocals. It's going to come through the love that they have for you. God, I pray that you take them to new places. I pray new songs, new melodies. I pray a new surrender in their life. New geography that you own in their hearts. God, I pray the same thing in the audience and the, those even watching on TV. God, we pray for less of us. Surrender our lives and more of you. Teach us, Lord God, how that looks. Jesus, thank you so much for showing us even you are a king and you were perfect and yet you got on your knees, you got in that place, you got in the garden and you surrendered into your hands, Daddy. Thank you, Father. This, this very moment, these next few breaths, you are not only breathing on, but God breathing in. I pray that we inhale Lord, I pray that we receive more of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved, ask for prayer, share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.